Welcome back, guys, to the Full Clippet Sports Show. Hope you guys are doing well. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, oh yeah. So if you'd like to rate the podcast, you can go to Google or Apple Podcasts and an app called Good Pods. So if you'd like to show your support, you can go to all those three platforms and you can rate, you know, rate the show. Also, if you go to anchor.fm slash blitz, again, anchor.fm slash blitz. if you go over there, there's a follow button so you stay notified with every live episode, as well as there being a donation button, but please don't feel like you have to click that. That's just kind of a part of it, if you'd like to, and I really, really do appreciate it if you guys have. Uh, so, let's get into this episode. This should be good. Yeah, so this should be fun. First thing here, I, I, I always hate that whenever I make that transition from doing, like, the intro and then starting it, just that awkward sounds for maybe five seconds. <laughs> Oh my god, okay. So, let's try that again. Okay. So, first thing. <laughs> I can't believe I just... I always... that It gets me every time. That awkward silence just before... Just before I go from out, the intro to, to that. Just that awkward silence in between. I don't know. But... So, we haven't heard about Larry Fitzgerald in a little bit. And the reason behind that is because he doesn't have the urge to play right now. I guess he said that in a press conference. I don't know. Conference uh, call. Okay, he joined Jim Gray in the episode of Let's Go on SiriusXM. And he was asked if he plans to be on the field this season or become a full-time radio broadcaster, fitting with the show that he's on. So, yeah, and and this is because he didn't, you know, he didn't say fully if he was going to commit to the season or not. And that's why all this is coming out, because this has been now, I mean, spanning out now a couple months. So... I mean, it's been probably since the season, actually, because he hasn't committed to anything yet, and we haven't heard from him, obviously, till now. And this is what Larry Fitzgerald had to say, saying, quote, for now, I'll be a radio broadcaster. Jim, to be honest with you, I just don't have the urge, the urge to play right now. I don't know if I'll – I don't know how I'll feel in September, October, November moving forward, but I just – today, I just don't have the urge, and I think I have to be respectful of that. Football is not one of those games where you want to walk out there and play and not be fully engaged and you're ready to prepare and do the things necessary that you need to do. And quote, yeah, and I can understand that. I mean, he obviously football's a commitment sport, or like all sports, so you have to commit to them. And if you're not and if like if you do commit to it but you're not fully engaged and you're not fully there, then you're not gonna be you're not going to be giving your full potential. You're not going to be, you're not really going to want to be doing, you're not really going to want to, you're, you're not really going to want to be doing it. So you're not really going to try to get yourself to be better. 
because you're not really engaged and you're not really there. And this type of response right here makes me think that he's not going to play often, you know, right off the bat, like sign with the team, play right away in September. This makes me see, this makes me feel like if he's not there in September, maybe he will be October, November. But if he doesn't in December, there is a, isn't there like a, uh, I don't know if there's like some sort of, uh, what is it? I don't know if there's some sort of deadline that he has in December for for choosing to play. Like there's there's got to be a point that he isn't allowed to play for the season anymore. I think he's I think he's allowed till December. I know that there's some sort of deadline in December for that. I don't know if that's for players that don't have teams because obviously he's got a team, but. I mm. see. I'm. I want to see something real quick. Cause uh, I'm, I'm curious. For whatever reason, I was gonna say, yeah, he's not even on the Cardinals anymore. That's exactly what I thought. Yeah, so. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he's not even on a team anymore. Yeah, I completely just forgot about that, actually. Okay, so that kind of threw me off because I was like, a part of me was kind of like, I remember hearing that he's not a part of, that he's not even on the Cardinals anymore. But then a part of me was like, for whatever reason, a part of me was like, maybe he is. And that's why I chose to go check because I, I remember hearing that he – I didn't think he was on a team anymore. Yeah, that completely threw me off. I completely forgot that he was not even a Cardinal anymore. So, yeah, not even a Cardinal anymore. So, he doesn't even have – so, yeah, of course he won't even be, you know, September because he won't even be on a team. And he's probably – yeah, there's a deadline, I believe, in December because of the playoffs – so I believe there's a, de a deadline for that. So, yeah. Sorry about that, guys. That completely threw me off. So, yeah. He would have to be joining a new team, obviously. He would be joining a new team if he does. And he just, right now, he doesn't have the urge to play. And, ooh, some interesting stats. Yeah, he's always been putting up good stats, though. So... He's got – he would be finishing with 17 seasons in Arizona, the 11-time 11 11-time 11 Pro Bowler. Would be combined – he was 11-time Pro Bowler, 17,492 receiving yards, second most all-time, 1,432 receptions, 121 touchdowns, and countless highlight plays. Yes, that are probably be heard about for – Years and years and years. I, I feel bad for people that don't get to watch that didn't never got to watch Larry Fitzgerald play. Uh he was a he was a special player to watch. So again to recap, Larry Fitzgerald not even on a not on a team anymore. He's currently a free agent. And oh yeah, that's right. I exactly no, yeah, okay. I had like a blank out there this entire time actually. I remember 
him. Like, I remember his contract going up. I remember his contract expiring. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's all coming back to me now. I completely just, like, for whatever reason, blanked out there. Okay, yeah. It's all coming back to me now. Yeah, I remember when he his contract expired and he said, we'll see about coming back. Okay. Next thing here, though, let me know what you guys think about Larry Fitzgerald. Do you guys think he joins another team? And and, and that's the biggest thing, too, actually. I want to say something. I want to say one last thing. Not only is it a big commitment to come back to the team that you've been on for a, for you know for another season again, but it, it's also an even bigger commitment for someone like for someone that's in Larry Fitzgerald's shoes. It's an even bigger commitment because you have to dedicate all your time to try and learning the play, a, a new offensive playbook, learning the team, learning the coaches, learning everyone plus the team, that's an even bigger commitment. So, and for someone his age, does he want to keep doing that? That's the last thing I wanted to say. But, yeah, it's crazy to think about, and it really is. So, next thing here is tight end for the Browns, David Njoku, is saying that he, quote, like to stay, end quote, in Cleveland throughout, you know, beyond 2021, so past 21 so, obviously, we have light on it now that he wants to stay in, that he'd rather play football in Cleveland, nowhere else. Kind of kind of playing that role of like, hey, I don't want to leave for a super team. I would just rather stay and try to win one in Cleveland. Although, I mean, I don't know if that's the direction this is going in, but if it is, I mean, it's, they're not – well, based on last season, it's possible. I will just say that. But, I mean, it's a stretch. Even for right now, it's still a stretch. But so, via Cleveland.com, he had a interview of something. I don't really know what to call it. But he said, quote, I've been here for four years knocking on five. I don't really know anything different. I'd like to stay here. And so yeah, very subtle, very broad, like very subtle, but yet we know what he's saying. Like it's one of those things where like he's not saying a lot, but but everything he is saying is enough to understand, basically. And I I don't know. I mean, I could see why he wanted to stay. I mean, yeah, you don't know anything different, but, you know, at the same time, Cleveland, from the time that he was drafted to now, they went from being a really shitty team to being what they are now. I mean, what? I don't really exactly remember their record at the top of my head, but I will look it up real quick. I don't want to say anything wrong. So, yeah, you go from being... One of the worst, probably the worst team in the NFL to go in 11-5 and five in this 2020 season. That is, that is crazy. And I'm sure that's helping him say that answer is that, you know, knowing that. But he's, you know... He's obviously trying to get more out of Cleveland. 
as in like deeper playoff run, which I don't, I don't really, you know, because it's easy for someone to be like, Hey, I don't really know anything different. I'd like to stay when you went 11 and five and you're, you know, really trying to get somewhere further. Cause you really don't know what type of team you could end up being on if you end up leaving. And not only that, but yeah, I mean, Cleveland's also just a really good fit for him. But moving on into this article, I'm just going to kind of take some snippets out of your interesting points. So David Adoku played 39% of Cleveland's total snaps offensively last season. Represented, he wanted a repeat. Multiple occasions represented David Njoku's representation requested a trade while the bronze wisely refused to oblige. Yeah, I kind of remember that little hook, that little hiccup there. Um, I'm sure he's probably over that now. Usually a lot of things like that are just in the moment where they don't really mean what they say. They kind of just say it. And that I'm, I'm, it could be that type of thing. I I really don't know. But David but David Ajoku also posted six over a sixty five percent of his total targets, so over sixty five. So maybe closer to 70, 68, 67, 69. I don't know. But that's a very interesting number. Yeah, and I mean. David Ajoku is also like a big threat as like a tight end. Like if you look at him as a tight end, he's a huge threat. I mean, he can block. He can. Uh, he can yeah, he can block. He can he can obviously catch. He's good when he has the ball. Like he's kind of like a Gronk in some ways with the blocking, and then and that's what I'm talking about with the tight end position. It's becoming a lot more of a blocking position. It's essentially more of like a tackle position, really. I mean, you're a little bit less big than a a tight, you know, a tackle, but you're basically doing the same duties as a tight end because you're you're basically just a bigger receiver, but a little bit less than a tackle. So that kind of puts you somewhere in the middle. Which is why a tight end is a position. But, I mean, yeah, it's basically just become more of a tag. Like, most tight ends now just block. Like, Gronk's past few years in the league has just been blocking now. Like, but back when he was drafting, he was all catching. You know, New England barely used him that way. Now, his past couple years in New England to now, he's just been blocking. and But he's good at it, though. And... That's what I'm kind of saying about David Njoku here is like he's kind of that same way, but and then when he does catch, he does really well with the ball. Like he he does something with the ball when he does get it because you know because he he just he's deadly. He's he's a big guy. He's hard. You know those tight ends are hard to tackle. But so that's a very interesting scenario with David Njoku. I'm sure it was just a scenario where he was like, hey. This was said in the moment. I apologize. That type of thing. He'd like to stay. You know, could be just trying to clear it up. 
No, this one was I thought was interesting, but yet didn't really surprise me. A whole, you know, it didn't really surprise me a hell of a lot. I mean, if you look at this whole Packers feud with Aaron Rodgers, it, it doesn't really come as a shocker when you hear this, but Aaron Rodgers says, quote, definitely would have, end quote, taken the Jeopardy job if offered. And I'm not too surprised about that because he was really pissed off with Green Bay. And I, rightfully so, I guess, rightfully so. Again, this was a weird situation. Even to this point, I can still see both sides being being correct. I could see why Green Bay I don't even I, I really can't even see why Green Bay did what they did. I could see why Aaron Rodgers was pissed, but I could also see why he wanted to leave. I'm still seeing it that way, even afterwards. But Green but you know Aaron Rodgers definitely talking his shit this year. And I, I like that because he never really he kind of uh, he did it in at times, but I feel like most of the most of the time he was pretty mum. It, it's not that Green Bay made him do that. I think that's just how he was. I mean, he didn't really care to share something that wasn't other people's business, and that's that's kind of you know that's true. I mean, that's 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 out of human nature. I feel like I feel like I would do the same thing. Like if a reporter doesn't need to know something, I'm not gonna say it, and if it doesn't matter to them to know, I'm not gonna say it. Like, I feel like that's exactly how I'd be, too. So, it's probably just human nature out of him to do that. And, I mean, but he's really talking this year. And I, I think, I mean, you got the right to when you've been with the team for so long, I guess. And, of course, you don't have to be, like, and I'm not saying you could be all out rude and, like, disrespectful. But, like, you can, like, you know, you can talk about, like, things, like, be you could be completely honest about well how is it really going you know he's not sugarcoating anything anymore basically like he i feel like sometimes he would sugarcoat things just to not say something the wrong way but he 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 just doesn't care anymore he just doesn't give a shit and he's just gonna say what he wants and that's fine i mean he has the right to he really does but yeah i mean when you look at the the feud that you know them two had the organization and aaron Rodgers. I wasn't surprised at all. I honestly, I was preparing to hear the news. Aaron Rodgers officially leaves Green Bay, leaving football actually to go host Jeopardy, because I heard a lot of good things about him hosting Jeopardy. You know, guest hosting it, and honestly, it all kind of just clicked at you know clicked to me after that whole feud. I was like, yeah, he could leave Green Bay to go do that. It's not far fetched at all, actually. That's actually really possible he could do that but on a radio show with Adam Shine Rogers did confirm that he would have taken it if it if they would have worked if they worked around his football schedule okay so he's he goes yeah I he, Rogers goes quote yeah I definitely would have I mean, if they would have, if they would have figured out a way to make it work with my schedule, yeah, for sure. End quote. So he still would have played football. Then he would just would have wanted. He just would have wanted to work it around his football schedule. Okay. So he wouldn't have completely left. See, my thought was he was going to completely leave for it. He wanted to work it around his schedule. See, he was going to return at that point. And if you guys, if you guys are yet still confused about the whole Rogers Jeopardy thing, 
If you guys didn't know, he guest hosted the show for two weeks in April after um, you guys might kill me for not remembering his name. Alex Trebek. Alex Trebek died of cancer back in April, somewhere around that time. And Aaron Rodgers guest hosted for two weeks in April for it. And that was around the time that this all kind of came out. But he actually talks about Jeopardy, though, saying, quote, that was so much fun. That was just so much fun. I spent a lot of time studying and getting ready for it. I definitely wanted it. Was interested in finding a way to make it work with my schedule and their schedule and filming. But I had such, but I had such a blast. I have zero regrets with how, with how it all went. It was such a special environment. It was surreal to be on that stage. When you're just a super Jeopardy fan like I am, it's just so special to be on that stage, to be in that environment when you know you're walking the footsteps of, footsteps of legends. When we walk out the tunnel in Lambeau, we have three bricks that were... We have three bricks that were from the old stadium, and there's a little plaque there that talks about the type of legends that walked over these bricks. Every now and then, you've got to look over it and pinch yourself and just realize... How special it is you're doing work right now and how many guests and how many greats, excuse me, have been in that position right right here. And there was a lot of these moments being on that stage thinking about Elks and how much he meant to me and so many people worldwide who spent their evenings with him for so many years. End quote. Yeah, and that's thinking about it that way, you just it kind of humbles you basically is what he's saying. You know, to be in the position that many greats have been in, at least think about it that way, just is insane. And it, it just, it really makes you want to, you know, work harder and work to continue to be better at it and be great at it. And so, yeah, man, I mean, it's very, um, it's very eye-opening, really, for sure. Like, as he was saying, like, to be in the footsteps of, Alex Trebek and to be a huge Jeopardy fan like he is and to be a big Alex Trebek fan himself and then to be able to walk on that stage is just it, it, I'm sure it really was humbling for him and so but it's also very very sad at the same time about his passing so um but yeah that's very interesting though I don't want to make this all sad but yeah very interesting that he would that he was going to take it See, but it's different than what I thought, though. I thought he was just going to completely leave Green Bay for it and leave the NFL, but he was actually just going to try to work it around the schedule. But, I mean, I think their schedule is their schedule. I don't think they would have they would have changed it, to be honest with you. Next thing here is... So, this is a good thing. Jets wide receiver Corey Davis saying, quote, made a lot of huge strides, end quote, with building chemistry in Zach, with Zach Wilson. And that's, that's you know, when you get a new quarterback, that's the biggest thing you can do. That's the, that's the, the best thing you can do is build chemistry, especially for a number one receiver and the obviously the starting quarterback for the team or one of your biggest targets when you look at the, when you look at the receiving core is Corey Davis. So, as you guys have probably heard, the Jets have lost Carl Lawson for the season due to Achilles. 
So it'll kind of be on the offense to kind of keep up with the scoring so that way, you know, they can kind of like make up for some of those defensive plays that may get like it's going to be up to the offense to be kind of like consistent with the scoring because they lost such a, a key piece to that defense and the you know the number one guy on that defense and probably like one of the, you know the biggest threat obviously one of the biggest threats and that people look at when you look at their defense you think of Carl Lawson so their offense is going to have to try to be consistent to try to make up for the points potentially lost on defense. And, uh, yeah. So, Corey Davis signed three-year, $37.5 million contract this offseason. And then, obviously, with the signing of Zach Wilson, of course, their number one draft pick. So, that's great to see that they're getting chemistry. That's going to, you know, help you out. You know, you get bonding during the offseason season. All that good stuff, you know. You get you get get a, get a good feel of Zach Wilson gets a good feel of how Corey Davis plays, and Corey Davis gets a good idea of how Zach Wilson throws and kind of like timing and stuff because all that's important when it, when you think of the game because that you know that could be the that could be the difference of a first down and a third down going to fourth, and you could be fucked. So. It really helps out a lot to be able to have that. But next thing here is Devane Smith actually injured his knee, saying, quote, I think I'm right on schedule after preseason debut, end quote. So, obviously, to the 35-0 loss to New England, Devane Smith banged up his knee a little bit, played 25, played 25 snaps per next-gen stats, said that he's now feeling good after missing some time with a knee injury, missing some time at camp with a knee injury, saying, obviously, that he's right on schedule. Quote, I felt good. I just kept attacking rehab. Right now I'm feeling good, end quote. And that's that's good when, you know, you're looking at him potentially being your number one receiver, you know, off that team. But Devonta Smith saying about his some of the miscues, saying, "quote I know what I did wrong. I got to focus on catching the ball. I mean, that's all it is. Just taking my eyes away too early. I mean, there's nothing else to it. Those are plays I've got to make." End quote. But hey, let's come back to this episode. Uh, I'm gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, I want to keep talking about this. All right. So continuing back from that break, talking about Devonta Smith. Or, excuse me, wait, where was I at? I'm pretty sure Devontae Smith, yeah. So, talking about Devontae Smith still, talking about his, you know, his injuries, and then his some of his miscues early on, just, you know, not even rookie mistakes. Sometimes you just, like, you think that someone's coming at you or whatever, you take your eyes off the ball too early and you kind of just drop it. I mean, yeah, that's exactly what it looked like in some of the plays. I mean, some of them were just right, you know, right in his hands, and he just dropped it. He just took his eyes off it too quick. And sometimes even vets do that too. So that's really not that big of a deal. Just, you know. But to kind of 
update after his catches. He he then caught he went on to catch two passes with so that went on to you know make him two for four on nineteen yards with a long of with a his longest run with the ball after after catch was ten yards. Devonta Smith continued on to say, "Quote: I got to make the plays they expect me to make. I wouldn't call it rust from being sidelined. I would just say I wasn't focused on catching the ball. Trying to look back too far before I caught the ball. I go to practice every day, work, and get on the jugs machine. Maybe I need to hit the jugs more." End quote. I mean, it could always help. I mean, you know, when you're a rookie, you have a lot to you got to prove still, and there's you know. There's a lot of things that people want to see, and I think that when you're a rookie and when you're when you're a big name like Devonnie Smith is, there's so much expectation for you to be great right away. And I think that that's where some of the problem is sometimes because I feel like a lot of these guys, these big name guys, you know who ex- who are gonna, you know, they they go to these sucky teams, these teams that suck, and then they just get the automatic start. They're expected to just be greatness right away because of when they were drafted. And I feel like that definitely plays off as to why I feel like that definitely like creates a lot of pressure for the player because, you know, that's something that they kind of start to, they they, they kind of like read into it. They kind of start to, they hear about it too much to where that's just something that they try too hard on. And then like, they're just not ready for it. And, then they kind of like break and it's, and it causes a lot of pressure for them to try and focus. And so because they're trying to do all the things that they're being talked about doing. So they try, you know, they, they just get unfocused on that and they don't just take it game by game, day by day. And then they start to struggle. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of pressure that I feel like too many of these guys are having nowadays. And I wish it wasn't like that, but that's just today's world. Unfortunately, you know, today, that's just the world of sports that we're in nowadays to where that's just the expectation, and it, it's, it sucks. But let me know what you guys think about that. The final last thing here that we're going to talk about today is Jalen Hurts. So he didn't end up playing. He was a late scratch in the Pats game. He was obviously warming up on the sideline, full uniform, getting ready to play, getting ready to, you know, probably start. But he was scratched last second because he ended up getting a stomach illness and he was, quote, going to be okay, end quote. So he was sent to the hospital late that same night as the game and ended up having a stomach illness. So, yeah, so to recap on Thursday, he was, he was you know, it was all ready to go. He was going to play everything like that. Last second, he got scratched because of a stomach illness. He gets sent. Late that game, you know, late that night, he ended up being sent to the hospital. And this was all told by Nick Sirianni, telling reporters that afterwards wasn't feeling well when he arrived at Lincoln Financial. But he wanted to try and get through warm-ups. Then his stomach started lingering. Then he left the stadium for evaluation to see what was going on. They found out it wasn't covid they were able to figure that out. Mike Garofolo reported all of that. 
Sirianni goes on to say, quote, everything's good and he's going to be okay. He had pain in his abdomen, which for a guy like that to tell us he's a tough guy, so it must have been hurting him pretty pretty good for him to let us know about that, end quote. So then he was immediately just scratched. Jason Kelsey, Brandon Brooks, and Lane Johnson were also held out of that game. Joe Flacco completed a pretty – ended up getting that start. Goes 10 of 17 on passes for 83 yards, going on to throw a pick in the loss. Nick Mullins then goes on to play the second half, goes 5 of 10 for 27 yards, who also threw a pick. Joe Flacco's was beat, was picked by, I believe it was a Bob, it was an interrupted pass by Justin Bethel, and then I believe it was the pick by Harvey Longy, and then Nick Mullins was to Adrian Colbert. So, so far, Hertz has only played in Philly's preseason opener in versus uh, versus Pittsburgh. In that game, he went on to pass for three. He went on to complete three of seven of his passes for 54 yards. And, uh, yeah, so, I'll let, you know, it sucks because you only get three games this year in in – Philly needs to kind of see where Jalen Hurts is at as far as reliability goes. And not not reliability as in, like, being in the games, but, like, reliability as in how he is, like, how reliable he is on the field when he's playing. Because they can't really base it off of one game. I mean, going three of seven in the opener for 83 yards, I believe it said. Going three of seven for 83 yards, I think it was. Three for seven for 54 yards, my bad. I said 84, 54 yards. Three of seven for 54 yards. You can't really base much off of that one game. So... They really need to try and see what's going on here. Really, hopefully he can play next week because they need to really see what's going on with Hurts. I mean, you draft him. Of course, you got Joe Flacco, but, I mean, you could tell that they don't really – you could tell the direction's going to Jalen Hurts, obviously, with Joe Flacco being older. It's not not long-term at all. But anyway – guys that is actually going to do it for today's episode of the full corporate sports show thank you guys so much for tuning in thank you guys for really for showing your support it has been incredible if you guys would like to continue showing your support i know i know you guys show support but if you guys would like to in a different way you can there's an option to rate the podcast on both google and apple Podcasts. i I know apple Podcasts. i don't know about google but i know on apple Podcasts. you you know you look up the pod click on it and then i believe it's a scroll all the way down and there's a rating button option so on both google and apple Podcasts, there's a rating feature and then also on an app called good pods so if you guys would like to rate the show and show support that way i would really really appreciate it also you can also show support in a different way as well by going to anchor.fm slash full court blitz again anchor.fm slash full court blitz and you could there's a follow feature i believe a follow button 
to, to stay notified and up to date with every episode when they go live, as well as there being a donation feature. But again, please don't feel like you need to select that and do it. I really do appreciate it if you guys have. You certainly don't have to, but it's much appreciated. But yeah, so I really hope you guys did did enjoy and enjoy watching football today as there's a couple games on. So enjoy watching those. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you guys later.